Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this subject that we're diving into. They asked for it. We're going to give it in the area of marriage. Father, I pray that you would just deposit in us the things that each of us need. For the singles, God, that you would do a great work in their hearts. Young people, Father, those who's been married like the couple this this morning, 68 years, God, that you would just add to us. We all want to be more like you. We all need your help. Father, we just pray that you would just pour out your spirit upon us now in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, how many of you kind of like remember puppy love and infatuation, strong emotions? You can't sleep, can't eat, but it Eventually, they go, they go away, and then all of a sudden, how many of you remember your honeymoon and all those wonderful times? I could talk and preach on all the great aspects of relationships because marriage is amazing. It's amazing, it's beautiful, and it's extremely challenging. And I could talk about all the highlights, all the good times, all the sunshines, and all the happy days, but uh, that's not really when... I need help. I need help in the midst of a storm. I need a compass when I'm absolutely lost. I need help in the dark season of my marriage, when everything's broke, when I'm broke, my wife's broke, we're emotionally broke, our pocketbook is broke, and we're just broke. That's when I need help. How about you? So I want to talk a little bit towards that today. I want to begin, it's kind of like a two or three part sermon today. I want to begin with five smooth stones to knock out a giant in you. The giant is not a demon. If you got a demon, well, you need to get rid of it. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about a nine foot nine uncircumcised Philistine that resides in each and every one of us when you're married or just in life that needs to be knocked out and their heads cut off. And I want to give you five smooth stones to help you through tough times to knock out that giant within each one of us. The giant's name is not Goliath. The giant's name is selfishness. I didn't get a lot of feedback, smiles, or anything on that, but you know it's true. That giant will slay your marriage if you don't slay it first. The first stone that I want to give you today that I think that you need to have in your pouch that is a beautiful smooth stone that can really help your marriage is this thing called humility. Say that with me, humility. Guess what? You don't have to be right. I know at 15 years old, you thought you knew everything. At 15 years old, you had to be right. Now you're married. Guess what? You're married. You don't have to be right. Humble yourself in your marriage. It doesn't have to be my will any longer. Let it be God's will. Take on the attitude of Jesus Christ. With pride comes disgrace. You can add disgrace to your marriage with your pride. But I say, let down your pride. Take the high road by taking the low road and walk in humility. Look at your neighbor right there and say, humble yourself. Talk to yourself right now and say, I'm going to humble myself. Stone number two die. 
two dead people get along well. You ever seen two dead people fight? You ever seen two dead people fuss? You ever seen two dead people at each other's throat? Like throwing a stick of dynamite back and forth, just who's it going to blow on? Nope. Two dead people get along very well. Die to yourself. Die to your nasty attitude. Die to your nasty words. Die to your nasty looks. I'm not just talking about your look. I'm talking about, you know, those looks. Die to self. Two dead people get along well. I tell you what, that's a good way to slay that giant of selfishness inside of you. Mary Gunn, good to see you in the back. So glad you're here. How's Dalen doing? Little, uh, we're praying for Dalen, my good buddy. If you don't know Dalen Gunn, man, it's a miracle that he's alive. And I can interrupt a sermon when it's my friend. Amen. We love you guys. Give Dalen a big hug. Stone number three. Say this with me, re-love. Say, come on, go with me, church. Go with me. Re-love. Good, good, good. Thank you. There used to be a game that Seth and I played, and it's been years ago. It was Area 51. And in the midst of the video game, it would say, reload, reload. Reload, reload, you have to reload your gun. Well, I want to say something you can do in your marriage, and it's called relove. You need to learn to relove. All this honeymoon, all this movie star saying, ah, oh, I just, I, I got divorced because I, I fell out of love. Listen, you ain't Bon Jovi, and it's not about in and out of love. It's not about any of those things. You can choose to relove your wife. Listen. Years ago, Radian and I went through marriage counseling. We, we came together. Matter, matter of fact, their marriage counselors have moved here. They're in the church, Marla and Dave Shop. They're amazing counselors. And we're like, man, we're at each other's throat, and she's bugging me, and I'm bugging her. And, you know, they looked at us, and they go, you know all the things, J.O., that you were attracted uh, to your wife? All those many things that you fell in love with is now bugging you. Because they're opposite of you. And J.L., you know all those things that you, you were so attracted to J.L., his passion and intensity and preaching. All that stuff is bugging you now, Radine. And you need to choose to re-love. Look at those things, all, those th- all the opposite that attract. Because see, you live with me 35 minutes on a Sunday. Can you imagine living with me 24-7? I'm intense pretty much all the time. I eat intense. I'm the fastest eater that you'll ever see. I I pull weeds intense. I I, I cut the grass intense. I walk my dog intense. Everything I do, and it, it eventually, it wears my wife down. Every one of you, you can choose to relove all those things that you, and you need to. You need to make, right, matter of fact, these are these five smooth stones. I ain't seen nobody take notes. These are good stones for you to remember, even for single people. I'm telling you, one of the greatest things that we did walking out of that counseling meeting, we went to our car and we said, we didn't get into this marriage to have a mediocre marriage. That's right. 
We want a passionate marriage, and we chose at that point in time, hey, we're going to fall back in love with all the things that we originally loved about one another. Say this with me. Relove. One more time. Relove. Look at your neighbor. No, look at your, your spouse. Look at your wife, your husband. Say, relove. Smooth stone number four, serve. You want to make your marriage great? Then serve your mate. If you want to make your marriage great, serve your mate. Intentionally serve. If you don't intentionally make an intentional effort to serve your husband or your wife or your future husband or wife, you will not do it. Why? Because of that uncircumcised Philistine that lives inside of each one of us. Jesus says, hey, if you want to be the greatest, what do you do? Oh, come on, go with me, church. You serve. What did he do? He washed the feet of the disciples. Now, I have that circum- uncircumcised Philistine that rises up inside of me. All of a sudden, I'll look at the dishwasher, and I'll go, oh, the green light's on. Ah, oh, I know the dishes are done. Maybe, maybe she's gotten to the dishes. And I look, and there they are. And I can choose. I can choose to humble myself. I can choose to die to myself. I can choose to serve. Right? Or I can walk away and act like I didn't know it was full of dishes, right? Are you feeling me? And you can do that in a hundred different areas, a hundred different places, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to bless your marriage, if you want to make your marriage great, serve your mate. Are you with me, church? Number five, honor. Say that with me, honor. Gosh, this generation, I love you. But you can't spell honor. H-O-N-O-R. But it's more than spelling it, it's living it. And I want to tell you right now, God wants to do something in the area of honor. Uh, yeah, of course in marriages, but across the, the counter when it comes. I tell, honor will take you places. Listen, young person, I know I'm not talking to you today, but listen. Honor will take you places that nothing else will. You learn to honor. Hey, you want to get a job? Don't go there to work. I'm, I'm getting on a little on a little soapbox right now. Don't go to work just to get a check. Go to work and be a blessing. Come on, honor your bosses, honor your moms and your dads. Oh, come on, somebody, honor. You know how do you honor? I'm gonna tell you simply how you honor. Whatever's important to them, make it important to you. Your wife wants you to drink tea. Well, suck it up and drink tea. She wants to go on a walk, then go on a walk with a good attitude. Don't do like I did years ago. On an anniversary, I bought my wife a bow. A bow. I don't. T- I got time to get into it. It just didn't work. It just didn't. Just didn't work. Just didn't work. There's certain certain things you just couldn't sh- shouldn't cross on. It just. 
honor. Say that with me, honor. Let's go over those five today. What's the first one? Oh, come on, go with me, church. It was three minutes ago. Humility. Number two? Two dead people what? Get along very, very well. Three? Reload. Not reload, but relove. You can choose. Listen, some of you right, you getting ready to get married, you know, you're like all up in heaven, and so your wife can't do nothing wrong, and, and all of a sudden, you, all those emotions, and, and then a year passes, and guess what you have to choose to do? You have to relove, and you can, it's a choice. Don't come with me the hogwash and say, well, I just fell out of love, J.O. Well, that happens. You fall back in love. You choose. Love is a decision. Love is a choice. And it really, really is. Number four, if you want to have a great marriage, you got to serve your mate. Number five, honor. Now I want to dive into like kind of part two. I got a door behind me for a reason. We're going to dive into that for uh, a very important secret I want to share with you. It's not like this Einstein kind of revelation, but it is a secret that I find that you need to catch a hold of and apply it to your marriage. I've preached this verse I'm about to read to you uh, many times in over 30 years of ministry. I want to read it today. I want to apply it to your marriage uh, relationships. Acts 14 22. It's going to be up there on the Sky Bible, Acts 14, 22. This is Paul, and he's talking to disciples, okay? He, he, he shares this to disciples of Jesus Christ, and, and he says this, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations, say that with me, many tribulations, many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Let me say something. Let me prophesy with my eyes open right now. You're going to have many tribulations in your marriage. Many. That tribulation means to be pressured. I preached this many times, but feel me on this. Bob Mumford, he put it this, he defined it in such a way that I loved it, to be made narrow by pressure. There's times when in your marriage, Things are going to be so narrowed by pressure, you're going to want to bail. All of a sudden, there's the narrowing by pressure because of finances. There's the narrowing by pressure because of sex life. There's the narrowing by pressure because of children or, 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 or pandemic or whatever it may be. There's all kinds of things in life that you're going to go through many tribulations in your marriage. I, I promise and you need to be aware of, of that today because the Bible says the enemy comes in like a flood. And let me say something about how the enemy comes in like a flood. It's not like here's a little you know, flat tire on your car. When he comes in like a flood, it's usually two or three devastating things that's going on in your life. And you're like, wow, I can't handle this. The pressure is so hard right now. It's so tight. There's so much. You're like, I think I'm going to bail. There's something beautiful about the scripture because strength and encouragement that it talks about in this scripture, I believe, comes through the avenue of tribulations. 
What really brings change to your and I's life at times, you think it's evil, God can use it for good. Uh, I go to the gym quite often, and it's not like I go to the gym to take a 10-pound weight and pump it a thousand times. No, I go in there and I apply pressure to my bodies. I apply pressure to my arms or legs or chest, whatever I'm working on. Why? Because I want to maintain or maybe gain a little strength or so forth and so on. But it doesn't, it doesn't, change doesn't come about by just little, I have to lift weights. Are you following me? For this light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for you. Whatever you're going through right now, God says it's working for you. For this light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for you an exceedingly weight of glory. For while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. You go through things in your marriage and you think it's heavy. God calls it light. You think it's working against you. God says he's working it for you. Why? He wants to bring some encouragement and strength to your marriage. He wants you as a, a married couple to be able to carry the, bear the, bear the weight. Are, are you following me today? So I got, a, I got a couple questions that's real important for you to answer as a married couple today. What happens when it gets so pressured and so narrow at this point? At what point do you say, I'm out? Hold that thought. At what point do you say, I'm out? Hold that thought. Today, if you've been through a divorce, two or three, I'm not talking about your past. I'm never here to beat up anyone because of their past. I'm talking about from this day on moving forward. Are you following me? J.O. is not here to beat you down, condemn you, shame you, or any of those things. But may I say, Moving forward, can we believe for a, di a divorce-free zone? Come on, go with me, church. Can we believe in a divorce-free zone moving forward? Are you with me on that? If you're single, you need to go with me on that. Right? Right? So, so at what point do you say, I'm out. It's too pressure, too, too tight. I'm gone. Well, if you say that there's any point of pressure, any point of narrowness, any point of tribulation that you're out, then you're asking the wrong question. Everyone say wrong question. You, you, listen, if you say, hey, J.O., there is a point that I'm out. Hey, there is a pressure. There is a, then you've done this. You've allowed a door in your marriage. A door that you can open, a door that you can walk through, a door that you can escape to. One of the main problems, I think, with marriages today is doors. If you look just 100 years ago, 1921, and compare it to the percentage of divorce today, it is absolutely insane. I believe it's not because the devil's got worse or any of those things, I believe it's because we've allowed doors in our life, ways of escape. When the pressure's under, when it's tight, I want to let you know that's when God wants to do a great work within you and your marriage. 
where he will bring absolutely transformation to your marriage. Where, where like the, you know, the couple this morning been married 68 years. I bet you if you talk to them, they've had many times where they wanted to bail. Many times that they want to go out, but you know what? They stuck it through and they didn't walk through the door. You, if, you, if you have a door in your marriage right now, I believe that you're building on the sand. Doors are for passages. Doors are to open. Doors can be locked. Doors can be used for escape. And the number one problem, I think, with marriages today is this thing called doors. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. So every marriage here, whatever you are going through, somebody else has been through. You're not the only couple. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he also makes a way of escape. The way of escape is not through this door. The way of escape is that he's going to be able to help you bear the weight. Listen to what it says, that you may be able to bear it. Everyone say bear it. Temptation means a putting to the proof, a putting to the proof. He wants you to be able to say, you know what? I got a hundred proof marriage going on right here. I'm not bailing for any. Listen, my, my wedding, my marriage is not a fake ID marriage. I got the scars. I got the scrapes. And I've been through it. But I haven't bailed out. If you think it gets too narrow or too pressured... I think today, listen to me real good, you need to repent. What does that word repent means? That word is metanoia. What is metanoia? Metanoia means to think differently. I think you should leave, not today, the way that you came in. You should not leave today thinking, I still have a door. Man, if she does this, I'm out. If he does, I'm gone. No, no, no. Repent, metanoia, change the way that you think. How do you change the way you think today? Are you to paint the door? Are you to lock the door? Are you to open the door? Are you to walk through the door? What do you do with the door? Can I tell you the mystery and the secret of what you need to do with your thinking, repentance, metanoia, and with the door today? Can I tell you? You ready for this? You ready for this? You ready for this? Fellas, I need your help. You lose the door. Don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. Everyone say, lose the door. Now, please put a little conviction and passion into it. Lose the door. Now, if, you're, if you feel comfortable with this, say it this way. Lose the stinking door. No more doors. No, 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 no. No more doors, man. I'm not, I'm not. You walk through the door to get married. That's a wonderful thing. Walk through the door, get married, but that's a one-way walk. That's a one-way door. There's not an exit. You're not going to go back. No matter how pressured, temptation, no matter how tight it is, come on, you're going to fight the good fight. You're going to make it through. He's going to help you through it. He's going to change you, transform you. You're going to become more like Christ, and you're going to make it. Amen. Now listen, I need my wine bottle. Thank you. Rob Elder, thank you for letting me use this. I asked Rob, I said, hey, bro, you got a big wine bottle I can use? He said, yeah, listen to this scripture. Listen to this scripture. 
Jeremiah 48, 11 through 12. Once again, look at me real good, because one thing I refuse for you to walk out of here to go, my pastor beat me up today because I've been divorced. That is completely not my heart. My heart is from this day moving forward. I realize that 50% of marriages end up in divorce and separation. I get it. Second marriage, 60%. Third marriage, 73%. I know those facts. But I say at Heart of the City Church, why don't we go, hey, yo, 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 yo. Hey, yo, 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 yo. Hey, hey, how about a divorce-free zone up in this house right here? Yo. Are you with me? Jeremiah 48, 11 through 12. Moab has been at ease from his youth. Listen to me. I'm going to insert thoughts as we go through the scripture. You can't be at ease in your marriage. Oh, I got married and it's just going to work it all out. No, you don't go ease into your marriage. You work at your marriage. J.R., I don't really know if I like you right now. That's okay. I'm not in this position for you to like me. But you do have to love me. They do. I can get away with a lot because you've got to love me. It goes on to say, he has settled on his dregs. You know what dregs are? All of a sudden, in the bottom of this wine bottle, not this wine bottle, but in a wine bottle, all the wine skins and leaves and vines and everything, you know, dregs, leeks. The Moabs had settled on the leeks. And look what it says. And they have, they have not been emptied from vessel to vessel. Nor have they gone into captivity. Therefore, the taste remained in them. All of a sudden, your marriage has not changed forever. You're settled on your leeks. You've been at ease. You taste the same, and it goes on to say, and the scent has not changed. Look what God can do. You don't want this to happen. You want to make some choices on your own. He says, therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. I will send wine workers. I will tip over and empty your vessels and break their bottles. Why do you think a bottle is made the way that it is? You think it's just made like this because it's cute? Do you? You know why a wine bottle is made the way that it's made? It has a neck. You know what the neck is for? You know what the neck is? The neck is the tribulation. Narrowed by pressure. So back in the day, you take a bottle of wine, you pour it into another bottle of wine. The tribulation separated the dregs and the leeks and the pure wine. All of a sudden, leaves and vines and skin, they stay in, the law, in, the, in that bottle and pure wine is poured into the next bottle. And then all of a sudden, you do it again. Boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, guess what remains back here? The old J.O. stays back here. The old Cody stays back here. And all of a sudden, oh man, you're allowed the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to work through you. And now you're not a bottle of $2.99 bad dog 2020. You're not a bottle of Boone's Farm. You're top shelf. Why? Because you've allowed the Holy Spirit 
to pour you. You've changed. You don't smell the same. You don't taste the same. They look at the couple and they go, wow, there's something different about that couple right there, yo. Wow, what is it about you? Well, you might be seeing Jesus inside of me. Oh, wow, I want to be, you taste good. Man, you smell good. I want to be around that couple right there, yo. Why? Because they've allowed the Holy Spirit to do a work in their marriage. They haven't remained on their dregs and their leaks. They've allowed God to pour them from bottle to bottle to bottle. And all of a sudden, now the old man is dead and the new relationship is alive and it's full of life. It's full of love. It's full of light. Wow. They see Jesus in you. They see Jesus in you. And guess what? It's good for each other too. You're like, man, I got a fresh relationship. I can re-love, re-love, re-love. I've got rid of the stinking door. And I'm pressing into what God has for me. My future, my wife, my legacy. I deal with so many couples that their lives are blowed up, their families are blowed up, their children are blowed up. I say, man, let's get rid of the door. Let's build for the future. Let's believe for a legacy. Divorce-free zone from here on out. Can you believe that with me? How many are you mad at me? Not here to beat you up, but I will challenge you. I will challenge you for the future moving forward. Would you stand to your feet?